0: Well, we've got a really interesting guest for you this morning. Someone who actually is an expert in entrepreneurial businesses and scaling those businesses from from quite small businesses, maybe 10, 15, 20 people, to quite large businesses. And this is Deborah Chantry Taylor, who's a professional EOS implementer. And if you don't know what EOS is, then after you've listened to the podcast, I'm sure you'll be interested in looking it up and seeing how it can help your business. But what I really loved about What Deborah had to say today was when she was a kid, her dad, her family gave her everything she needed, but she had to work for and pay for everything that she wanted. And I really loved that distinction. And I thought, wow, what a great way of teaching your kids, hey, we cover your needs, so you won't go without. But if you want something different, you want something else, you need to find a way of creating that yourself. And I think that's how you create entrepreneurialism. And the other really interesting thing that you're going to learn a little bit more about is what she called clarity breaks, which is where your genius unlocks. So uh, buckle up, grab yourself a a drink, head out with your headphones on a walk, however you listen to podcasts, and be enthralled and take some notes because you might just learn something as well. So hi and welcome to our very special guest this morning who I met at a Connectors event which we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later and her name is Deborah Chantry-Taylor and she's a professional EOS implementer in New Zealand, Australia and in the US and pretty awesome one too and we've had, we've had a lovely little chat before we started. I was just saying wow you meet someone and you don't really know their background, but when you start talking about the background, it's just just amazing. So hopefully, Deborah, you'll share some of, some of that background, and when we start chatting, so Absolutely. yeah, welcome.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. Really great to be here.
0: I said, like, what what are we going to talk about? Because I like to sort of add live. You were talking about a bit about your story, which would be lovely to sort of context us, and then a little mm. bit about this whole thing with balancing business and life, because that's that's a struggle for a lot of people, and I know you work with a lot of entrepreneurs and I know when I was an entrepreneur I just wanted to work every single hour and there's always things that went wrong and then I was having to work twice as hard to pay back the debt and mm-hmm. banks and oh god you know I mean you know successes and failures what, what a life I'm glad, <laughs> roller coaster I'm, I'm glad I'm through that now I'm glad I'm through that now boy I mean it was really fun but wow that was yeah. challenging so anyway so tell us a bit about your story and also before we start though I when you came on you were in this lovely black background and I was like wow she's pretty professional and of course you've got your little podcast studio and your offices in New exactly. Ze- in Auckland New Zealand yeah uh, over in Grafton right or Newmarket Newmarket
1: yeah yeah, well, so I was saying to you, park. <laughs> right outside the lovely park at the big, outside the big domain. Yeah, no, as I was saying to you before, when we actually moved in here, this space that I'm in right now was an old office slash storage space, and I knew that I wanted to do some podcasting. I've got my own podcast as well, and so I thought ah, this could make a great podcast room. But when I first started it, because it's a very odd shape, you can't. see It's kind of like a triangle shape. The sound bouncing mm. around was terrible, so we actually had to go out and fully line it, put all the right equipment in, and and now I have this little podcast space right next to my work workshop space
0: ah well lovely I mean I'm just doing my my, in my office at home so uh, yeah I'll I'll have to come and see yours and I might steal it For sure. (laughs) So, yeah, tell us a little bit about your backstory then. Sure,
1: absolutely. So, I mean, I'm British, just in case you can't tell from the accent, but a Brit Brit who's moved from Britain to Australia then to New Zealand. And I actually, I've been an entrepreneur most of my life. So I actually had my first business when I was 13 at school. I sold all manner of things to my classmates in order to make enough pocket money to to buy the things that I wanted because my parents weren't very well off and I needed to pay for things. that I They would give me everything I needed. I had to pay for things I wanted. But even though I loved that when it came to schooling, my father was very certain that I would need to do something like science in order to find a good husband and so he convinced me that I should go into science because then I would be educated enough to secure myself a good husband which tells you a little bit about more about my father does about me but I kind of went okay cool I'll go and do that so even though I loved um, languages I spoke three languages I love people I went and did science and ended up becoming a food scientist biochemist and then I had my first real job in a scientific environment and suddenly had one of those. Those kind of moments of like, like seriously, what the, have I done? <laughs> Why am I doing this? I don't like test tubes and, and petri dishes and things. And I, I actually really like people. And so I started getting into more of the sales and marketing and then kind of worked my way up into general management roles and, and eventually end up running some some rather large privately owned businesses, you know, up to 220 staff as a GM or CEO and just really loved that private business and, and everything that went with it. So after a period of time I went, okay, it's great working for somebody else, but I feel like I need to do something myself. And so I went outside of my own business. Uh, which was in the mobile and text marketing space which was back in the days when you know there was um, WAP technology which is little websites on your phone that were pretty basic and we just started doing um, developing websites doing text campaigns and built up quite a nice little business um, had all of the the toys the gadgets all the things that come with running a a, a good little business that paid reasonably well Um, and then it fell over and literally a major client in the U.S. kind of backed out of their contract very rapidly and, and we learned in hindsight the contract wasn't, it didn't have a, a long leaving period so within literally the space of four weeks they're like we're out of here and they were 80% of our business so everything kind of started crumbling after that. Um, we Ouch. were, Yeah I know.
0: <laughs> now there's a, there's a lesson in client mix. <laughs>
1: oh yes oh yeah like, I mean I, the thing I love about failures is they just teach you so much right and it's like actually <laughs> sometimes you have to go through those things to really get the lessons and so we were mm. actually pulling ourselves out of it it was actually quite it was interesting we, we lost it was literally 80% of our business but we had plans in place we were starting to diversify anyway and so we're starting to get back on track and then I remember the, the day I got a phone call from the IRD and the accountant itself rang me and said I've got the IRD on the phone I said yeah okay great what do they want they want to talk to you okay let's have a talk um, and there were two other business partners in this business and, and so I took the phone call and they said oh, it's, um, IRD here we're chasing up the overdue GST and I said oh no no we've paid our GST Should you have been paying it for the last six months which is when I bought into this this part of the business um, but before that you haven't been paying it I said oh okay well tell me what we owe so I'm, I'm sitting there with pen and paper writing it down totaling up in my head it's like you know and there's 20,000 here and 30,000 here it's like, oh my god and I said okay cool we'll, we'll work out a plan to pay that option and while I've got you on the phone we should talk about the overdue PAYE as well and I was like oh you are kidding me <laughs>
0: So, the, so I was oh sitting there no.
1: writing the, the numbers out and it basically was about $240,000 we owed to the IRD and so it became a very much a case wow. of this is not actually viable anymore. Having lost our major client, there's no way we can turn the boat around fast enough to actually recover. And so we put that company into receivership um, and that was my first kind of experience of having had the high life and then um, losing everything that we had in the business. So, you know. What,
0: what, did, um, you, what did you do to your business partners that were supposed to be paying the GFC? <laughs>
1: The guy who was in charge of that already left the business and so um, it was one oh. of those things that he'd actually, I don't know, maybe he'd seen, seen it coming, I don't know, but he had decided to go off and do something else. We needed to, we needed him to kind of, he wasn't helping. So anyway, long story short, um, lots of lessons learned in that, not only about how to run a business, not having all your eggs in one basket, but also... Having bought into the business and merging my business with the other business, I didn't really do proper due diligence. I didn't actually go through it and I took them at their word. They told me it was doing really well. I had a good look at the books and went, Yeah, this is cool. We can make this work. And in hindsight, you know, there's a lot more work you should do before you um, merge a business. (laughs) So, I um I went to lick my wounds for a few years. I went back into corporate life and actually started working for somebody else again. And this time in a sort of a seven hundred person company, and and did some work in that. And just spent three years rebuilding confidence, rebuilding a whole a whole range of. I mean, you know what it's like when you have a failure you can, you can let it really get to you. I don't think I let it get to me, but I knew that I had to take some time out and just kind of recoup and, and get back into it. And then after yeah. three and a half years in corporate, I went, oh, I hate this. I, I can't do this anymore. So I went back out on my own again and established a coaching practice, wanted to sort of okay. know, help other people not go through the things that I had been through and worked with the Ice House here in Auckland, which is one of the you know the top incubators in the world. So doing a lot of work with startups, market validation and established businesses. And then while I was doing that, I kind of had this idea, I want to do more. And so I had this concept of creating an entrepreneur's playground and mm. I started the thing called the column, which is the entrepreneurs' playground. And the idea being bringing entrepreneurs together so that they could get the coaching, they could get the leadership coaching, but they'd also get the peer connections. There was a bar, there was meeting rooms, there were spaces to launch products and things like that. We set that up. That was a, another roller coaster ride because, as you know, starting up a business. Um, great ideas did the market validation it was like yes everything. think it's a great idea um, then it basically pumped a huge amount of money into to this place and getting everything up and running and it took about two years before we actually started to break even and started making money and I guess the mm. optimist in me always thought it'd be a lot earlier than that and so two years just felt like a long long time sold my house sold my car to fund it which was um, something I would not recommend to anybody but I was that <laughs> determined to make it work um, and so you know that the, the Porsche, the the house in Parnell, everything kind of went into this business and and we got to a point where it was actually starting to generate revenue and we started to pay back the debts and get things under control. And then December 2019 came along and we had found a much bigger, better space. And we knew that by Mm. actually expanding the the business model, we finally got right, we'd actually be able to grow Mm. this business into something much, much bigger. So we signed a lease on a building that was being bought for us by one of my colleagues and we gave notice on the place we were at and we were going to move into the new building In March and everything was going to be you know just fantastic and all the team was very excited and then of course um, as you will know um, well first of all in February 2020 the building sale fell through and so suddenly we were left without a building and it's like okay what do we do from here and then of course March 2020 COVID hit so in some respects it was a, a blessing in disguise and throughout all of that i was still coaching still doing leadership coaching still doing the stuff with the ice house still working with my private clients and in the event space that i ran in parnell eos which is an international organization the entrepreneurial operating system actually came to launch into new zealand using my event space and
0: wow i know it's crazy it is It's i
1: love love the way the universe kind of delivers you things don't you yeah (laughs) and So they came into the space and they were were doing the launch. I couldn't be there, but I kind of, I was a member of EO at the time. And it was like EO, EOS, there must be some connection here. So I just asked them what they did and what they were up to. And they gave me a couple of books to read, one being traction, one being get a grip. And I remember just reading them and kind of going, wow, this kind of brings together everything I've done in running larger businesses with other people, along with the stuff that I learned on my MBA program, along with the things that I learned through working at the ISAS, but it put it all into a really beautiful structure. So when the building sale fell through, I went to EOS and said, hey, I wouldn't mind coming and doing whatever it is that you do. <laughs> and the next thing
0: you know, I was on a, plane,
1: on a plane going off training, and that's where I became a professional EOS implementer. Well,
0: And so how long ago was that now?
1: So that was, back, I did the training in December 2019. So it's been, what, mm. almost or two and a half years now. Yeah,
0: Fantastic. Tell us then, so I, I love EOS. Uh, as yeah. you know, I'm part of, uh, I'm a coach and facilitator for YPO. Mm. which is sort of like the big brother of EOS in a way. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: And, but I love EOS and it's a plug, I know, but if you're looking for something fantastic, then talk to EOS and go and talk to Deborah. Yeah. But, you know, what have you learned? Now, you've probably worked with hundreds of entrepreneurs now over your lifetime in the Ice House and your own work. And you were going to talk about how to balance business and life. Yeah. I mean, give us yeah. give us so, the wisdom <laughs> because I know, that, I know that's tough. But.
1: Yeah. So it's been about 500 businesses I've actually worked with over that period. And their leaders, oh. and obviously, I've, I've had my own businesses in that time. There was a little bit of an aha moment for me because I, I used to be a people pleaser and I used to do whatever it took. So, if a client wanted to meet with me on a Friday, even though Friday was my day off, I'd go absolutely no problem at all. And as a consequence, I found myself running the common, working ridiculous hours in coaching and much as I loved what I was doing, it was just, it was all consuming and then in 2017 or 18 I think it was, my brother died suddenly 44 years old, just dropped dead and it was like oh, wow, no. that was a real wake up call for me because I realised that much as I loved what I was doing, I could be dead tomorrow and what would that, you know, what would I be happy with, with how my life had been and it made me just go very introspective and kind of go well, you know, what is life all about And I realized that I was definitely doing what I love with people I loved. So I had those two boxes ticked. I was not having time to do other things that were really important. And so for me, it was like, okay, this is business. I love business, but I need to find a way to actually balance what I love doing with also having time to do other things because life is too bloody short to to not be doing the things you love outside of work. Part of the EOS stuff is about you know, making sure you've got structure in the business, you've got the right people supporting you so you can delegate and elevate, but you still have to make a personal commitment to how do you make time for yourself. And so now I talk to people about how I plan my, my year and my life before somebody else does. And so at the beginning of every year, I sit down, I go, right, first of all, I know how many hours I want to work. So I've learned over time that my sweet spot is about 55 hours a week. Once I go over 55 hours a week of working, I get tired. I don't want to, you know, I lose the energy um, because I have other interests as well. I'm I'm a trustee. I I run a couple of um, advisory boards and things for companies. I've got all this other stuff going on outside of the normal work. So I worked out the 55 hours was the ideal time. I also worked out what did I want to take time off for. So it's like, where, what's important to me? So I want to have a four-week holiday every year. I want to be able to take a number of weeks to go and visit my family in Australia. So I literally started planning out my diary and going, oh, this is my four-week chunk here. Christmas, New Year, we know that New Zealand closes down for, the whole country shuts down for a good month. So it's like, right, that month is completely blocked out.
0: And I know the American crowd listening to this will be like, what? You shut down? <laughs> I mean, um, it, I mean, that's pretty brutal out there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and, and but it is literally like that. You would have seen that, like right, Liam. I mean, I was gobsmacked when I yeah. first moved to New Zealand. It's like, what do you mean we're all going on holiday for four weeks? Like, what happens to business? It's like, no, we we just shut. It's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so
0: yeah, I um, know it's 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 sort of unbelievable. I, I mean, I guess it's changed in the digital era, but because you yeah. can be, you know, you can be operating with an AI person
1: hmm. on
0: on your website. But but yeah, I mean. Time out is uh, super, super important. Yeah.
1: I mean, we talk, you know, clarity breaks, just having that time to, and the space in your head to actually think about things outside of the fighting fires and all the usual stuff that you're doing. Yeah, so I, I now go through and I have, I say I have my, my holidays booked. I have my um, ideal kind of work days. You've got to make time for working on the business too. And I think as business owners, we often don't do that. We end up always working in it. We're not necessarily working on it. So there's days now blocked out for working on the business. There's days blocked out for business development. And then what I now say with my clients is I say, hey, look, you know, you can work with me any day you like, as long as it's one of these light blue days, because they're the days I've got available for you. <laughs> and I was really nervous at first because I was thinking, but you know how will they take that you know that just feels like it's I'm telling you this is what you need to do and most people they don't mind they go okay cool I know what days you've got I'll find out what days I want to work with you and it's all fine I teach this to my to my leaders as well because they kind of go but you know well the business needs to run and so I need to be available all the time it's like no you don't if you've got the right structure in place you've got the right people in place then you need to take care of yourself and by actually saying I will not be here they'll work out how to do things while you're gone. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a bit of a, I always say, like, you know, when I'm working with my clients, I mean, the business can demand seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Uh, that's that's how much you could work on any business, mm-hmm. but you know you, you you're not gonna you're gonna fail if you try and do that. So yeah,
1: well you get you mean there's there's the logical kind of burnout stuff, but there's also I think more important mm. than that is if you don't take the time to actually get away from it all, you miss out yeah. on those aha moments, those moments of sheer brilliance where you actually go gosh, you know, this is what I've suddenly seen what I should be doing. Too often we don't give ourselves that chance. So I often say to clients, I go out in the middle of nowhere, in a place where you feel comfortable, where there's no distractions, take a pen and paper and just be with yourself and do nothing mm. and see what actually comes out. Because the last time I did that was about two or three weeks ago. I developed a whole new mastermind class that I, I'm now um, launching and, and about to run, which just came from the not being stuck in the day-to-day stuff but going, what do I actually want to do? How do I achieve my long-term goal, which is helping 1,000 mm. entrepreneurs every year?
0: Oh, wow, that's that's great, helping 1,000 entrepreneurs every year. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. Sign me up. <laughs>
1: you're very
0: kind <laughs> yeah look I love learning I go into courses that you know people say well, what are you doing that for I mean you know you can do that and I say yeah yeah I can do it you know I want to learn and maybe there's a different way maybe there's a different approach maybe I shouldn't be doing it and so if I can walk away with one thing that I can implement and change or add value, even yep. if it's not to me, if it's to someone else, then that's really what drives me. It's just fun learning something new, right? Yeah. Being that lifelong learner.
1: I actually have a tattoo. I have a tattoo that actually is a, a Chinese symbol. Basically, when translated, it says the symbol of a, of a lion, but when translated literally, it says that you're. Um, sometimes a mentor but always a student and that is my kind of mantra in life is that I love to help Ah. others grow or die you know it's always learning that's what um, life is about for me
0: yeah if you were to sort of say net up your the patterns that you've seen in entrepreneurial businesses in New Zealand in Australia in the US I mean is there any differences one but is there a pattern that is a positive pattern and is there a pattern that's a negative pattern that you've seen amongst all of your businesses? If you were to like elevate, you know, go on one of those walks and take your journal and go, what what works and what doesn't? Is there some patterns that you can enlighten us so that we don't do them or that we do do them?
1: I mean it's interesting your first question is, is to are they different in reality most businesses that I work with have a similar kind of patterns they might be in different industries right. different sizes but you do see the same things happening and I guess it comes from the people start their businesses because they're passionate about what they do and they don't necessarily and it grows and usually quite rapidly but they haven't really thought about how they can grow and grow sustainably and so as a consequence right. those owners quite often are still playing multiple roles in the business and the businesses I work with are somewhere between you know thirty And 250 staff, and even at the top Mm -hmm. end, you've still got owners that are sort of dabbling in things and and still not very clear around what their real role is. And so, I think that getting some clarity around the role that you want to play in the business and making sure Mm -hmm. that you are doing, we call it the God given talent or unique ability, you know, doing the stuff that actually adds real value Mm -hmm. and getting rid of everything else that whole kind of delegate and elevate where you look at every single thing you do and go is this what I love am I really great at it if it's not why am I doing it why can't I have somebody because something that you absolutely hate I hate finance and accounting I'm actually quite good at it but I don't I don't enjoy it at all why would I not right. lo- allow somebody else who loves that stuff to do it so even in the larger organizations there's a lot of blurring of those lines and what you find is that people are getting involved in all sorts of things and there's not necessarily the clarity so being really clear on where you add the value what you want to be doing and then making time to do the things that you want to do so I think for a lot of people you know Mm. it's not just about planning your whole year out but even within the week if you want to do yoga and you want to have a clarity break and you want to do whatever else you know fits in around your business it's not going to happen unless you actually book that time out and it's interesting the only thing I would say that is a little bit different is I feel like the male business owners tend to be reasonably good at this you know when they book in their golf day they stick to it if somebody says can we catch up next Friday they go no I've got golf with my mates can't make it women tend to be a lot more people pleasing and so they will actually Um. yeah they will even though they say they'll commit to something something else will come up and they'll actually then allow something else to take over that time so I very much say, hey, it's really important that you put this thing in your diary and you just commit to it and, and make sure that you make the time to do it. We can always find things to fill our day. You know what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've actually had a couple of days off doing sessions, which is really unusual. And I've sat in the office and I've got this great big long list of things that I know that I should be doing, but I can actually find a million <laughs> other things that I could be doing as well. So we're going to be very focused in terms of what's important yeah. and making time for it.
0: Do you think that feminine drive to serve and care is what's also driving this people pleasing behavior do you think it's 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 more around that and you know the guys are like ah who cares they'll they'll get over it you know do you think it's driven from a care, you know, like a, re, a a genuine heart? Yeah. Oh,
1: absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, mm. we, whether we like it or not, I mean, I, I always used to fight with my father, who's a bit of a male chauvinist, and he had his very, um, you know, he wanted me to marry well, and, and that was his his whole aim <laughs> for me in life. Um, I think he's quite disappointed that I actually went off and created a business because that wasn't what he had planned. It was more that he wanted me to find <laughs> a good husband, settle down and have children, even though I've always been sort of very much pushing um, to, to do a lot of the things that aren't traditionally women's things I've still got a, a, a nurturing side to me we do I mean I, I love yeah. my my fur babies I love my family I'm always trying to to create a good home a good environment it is just part yeah. of who we are inherently I, I don't know that you can um change that but what you have or to or that do... you'd
0: want to change that really no. to be honest right who wants but, to change a nurturing gene?
1: No, right? absolutely not. But you want to be yeah. kind to yourself and make sure you have yeah. time for yourself because that's the thing is we can get yeah. so wrapped up in sort of trying to please everybody else, trying to nurture everybody else, trying to help everybody else. And it's the whole oxygen mask thing, right? Put the oxygen right. mask on yourself first so you can help others. And I see a yeah. lot of women um, entrepreneurs particularly who are trying to run a family, um, you know, look after um, their their spouse as well and trying to keep everything going, all the balls in the air. They often just don't make the time for themselves
0: right and what's the impact I mean forget gender now what's the impact of not making this time for yourself
1: yeah, well, there's a, a whole raft of them. And first of all, from a in order to be your best in your business, you actually have to be physically, mentally, spiritually well, right? And if you right. don't make time to work on those things, then you're not going to be at your optimal in terms of working in the business. So I think that first of all, there, there's definitely that side of it. And then, there, as I said, there's this thing around, if you're always working in the business and you're always rushing around and you're always trying to fit everything in, you just don't have that time to be still. And that time right. when you're still, when you get that clarity, that's when you can actually start to, the thing, I mean, you, you know this yourself, you and you've done it, but it's just when you have that, that sense of stillness and you have that time to yourself, that is when the genius stuff just comes out. And if you don't do that, you're just, you, you're leading to burnout.
0: Yep. Mm. yeah. If you would look at the patterns in business, share an insight from your EOS experience, what's the, what's the biggest thing that you find that most entrepreneurs miss when there's either scaling their business or trying to elevate or, or you know, yep. just trying to establish their business. Yes. What's the business. What's the big one, two or three, Yeah, your top three?
1: Top three. I think it's probably a bit easier because one's difficult, I think. But, I mean, I feel like the first thing is around um, structure. I think as businesses grow rapidly or even just grow organically, we often don't take the time to revisit what is the actual structure that is required to take this business, not only where we are now, but in the next 12 mm-hmm. months, the next three years, next 10 years. And so having a real sense of clarity about where you're headed term term enables you to build the structure short term and I think we should be revisiting that all the time particularly in a high growth business because the person and the role that you had last week may not be the person and the role that you need next week so thinking about where you're headed rather than where you are and what does that structure look like and who has accountability for the various parts of it and I work with a lot of uh, family owned businesses and private businesses and and partnerships you know often people get put into a role because they just happen to be there and you know it's Auntie May. or it's it's one of those shareholders and and they start to take on board something because they just happen to be there, they may not be the right person for that, for the actual role. So once you know what the structure is and what you need in terms of accountability, who's actually the right person to do it? And let's not kid ourselves. Let's actually be realistic about, is this the right person in the right seat? Should they be doing this role? Because they might share all your core values. They might be really on board with your long-term vision, but if they're not really the, the right person for that role, that can have a significant impact on the rest. The team in all businesses, but particularly in family businesses, yeah, you know, there becomes this resentment that, you know, brother Joe isn't pulling his weight. He's not doing um, what he needs to be doing. And that's often because he's in the wrong role. He's not doing what his God given talent is or his unique ability is, and he's struggling with it. I had this the other day with a, a sort of a rather large importer over here where the father wanted to be in the visionary role because that was, he's been the owner of the business for such a long time. But he's now got three very capable sons who are working in the business with him. And he, he finally said, I don't think I want to do this visionary role, looking at what the responsibilities are. It's not really what I want to do. So, what do you want to do? I love research and development. Well then, go and do research and develop. We've got to, we've got a role for that. Go and do that. Don't Fabulous. limit yourself. You know, but but I've always been the founder. I'm the owner. You'll still be an owner. You'll still be the founder. But you'll actually be doing stuff that you really really love, and that's got to be mm. the best possible thing ever, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, and you might find that magic potion, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. So I think structure, making sure you've got the right people, and then the ability to actually delegate and elevate. So you know, be mm. really honest with yourself and go: Do I need to? to be doing this? Is there somebody else, the stuff that I don't enjoy doing that I can actually get to do? And you should do that in all the levels of the organization. Every leader should be looking at and going, what is the stuff that I'm doing that just doesn't make any sense? And then mm. you look at, you know, can you outsource it? Can you get somebody internally to do it? How do you get that stuff off your plate? So that all the things that you are doing are really adding value to the organization and we tend to hold on to things right because you tend to you know I've always done it so I'll just keep doing it well but why why would you do that I mean even when I was running you know 220 staff I, there was times when I knew I was putting my fingers in things that I just shouldn't be putting my fingers into because I had perfectly capable people I should have just you know let them get on with it rather than trying to always be in control <laughs>
0: yeah 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 I, I was a bit of a nightmare in, in my business a bit like that I, I used to be able to read things and spot where someone had left out a comma or a full stop and it was like and then someone said to me one day that's not making us any money dude it might be be making it might be making you feel good it makes us feel like it makes us no more money because we've just taken half an hour on something that's not important and I'm like oh right so that was an early wake-up call for me like way way back in the days. and
1: life's just much more fun when you're doing what you love right I mean if you think yeah, about it yeah. it's um if you think about the things that you try to do that maybe you don't necessarily you know don't add value they can really get you caught up in I mean that's a it becomes a bit of a negative right even just picking up the full yeah. stop or the comma you're, you're in a negative headspace in terms of picking up, whereas actually if you're doing the stuff that you love you're in a much more positive um headspace which I think then you know elevates everything that you're doing
0: yeah exactly well what happened for me was you know I trained everyone that I was the person that would look for the little t- full stops and commas and so they never bothered <laughs> so I just <laughs> I never got fixed it was hilarious
1: it's like husbands doing the washing I think I- I'm, sh- I'm sure when you go to husband school you get taught that if you stuff up the first load of washing you'll never get asked to do it again <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think you're right. I think you're right. I I know we're sort of getting close to our time. And Mm -hmm. I mean, look, I I could honestly, I'm going to come over and have a cup of tea because I could talk to you for hours, but I'll do that when I get back from Boston because I'm off to Boston this this weekend. How do people get in touch with you? So, Mm -hmm. I I mean, I, I know we're connected on LinkedIn and stuff like that, but how do people get in touch with you? And then the second thing is what's one little gem that you could leave our listeners with? You know, sort of one, it doesn't have to be about business. It can be about anything, even fur babies or uh, (laughs) event centers or dealing with the IRB, whatever it is. What pearl of wisdom can you leave us with? If any, I've already learned a lot. And then how do people get in touch with you?
1: So my my catchphrase is better business, better life. And that comes from that whole thing of, you know, life is too short. Mm -hmm. And I suppose that's my one thing is life is too short. And not just to not be doing what you love, but also not to be you. I think that one of the things I've learned over my years is that actually, if you're wearing lots of different hats and trying to be different things for different people, it's actually really hard work. And so now these days, I'm completely authentically me. That means when you come and visit me, there'll be dogs in my office. If you don't like it, sorry, because that's all that's they're the part of who I am, or don't, <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, yeah. um, and I think that you know, when you when you let go of all of that and go, Actually, I'm just going to be me and I'm going to enjoy being me, and if you don't like it, it's okay. It then becomes so much easier because you're not wasting all that energy and trying to be something mm. you're not. And that means that there will be people that don't like you these days. I go, Okay, I'm okay with that. In the, in the past, I'd be really upset. What do you mean you don't like me? You know, I, I thought I was a nice person, but it's like, ah, I, I actually am a good person, I know that, and so it's like, You'll either love me or hate me. And I'm pretty cool with that. So that's my my tip is like life is too short. Just be yourself, enjoy every single waking moment of it, and don't waste energy trying to beat other people. And in terms of getting hold of me, it's pretty easy. I got recently married for the third time, and so I now have a hyphenated name. Third husband is like the best I have to say. Yeah. So um, Deborah Chantry Taylor. I don't think there's any other Deborah Chantry Taylors in the world. So if you just Google me, you'll find me. But obviously, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I've got my own podcast, Better Business, Better Life. There's a whole range of things. If you just Google me, you'll find.
0: and you've got a website, in. have you? A uh, Deborah
1: Chantry Taylor, yeah, Deborah Taylor.com, yeah, either with or without yep. the hyphen, I think both works. Um, yeah, and if you find that too hard to type, you can just put in debra.co.nz, debra.co.nz takes you straight there.
0: Oh, wow, yeah, I'm glad you that's a great one to swim at. You could probably sell that for a fortune, make a fortune <laughs> out of that. Yeah. Some, yeah it's not, some, not dot
1: com but you know it's, it's pretty classy. oh yeah of course, not <laughs> yeah <dot com. laughs> yeah
0: oh that's fantastic all right well look hey it's been absolutely fabulous chatting and as I said I could chat for hours because I love business like you love business and I love helping people like you like helping people and we we want to make a difference hey thanks very much we will see you again maybe in season three uh, we'll mm. come back around and see how many other hundred people you've helped this year and if you've reached that goal of a thousand
1: Thank you so much for having me on here. I really appreciate it. And likewise, I've really enjoyed um, talking to you and learning a bit about you as well. So thank you.
0: Yeah, thanks. Ciao for now. Thanks very much for listening to another episode of the Zone podcast. I hope you uh, enjoyed it, had a little bit of fun, learned something new, and maybe it inspired you to do your own podcast or to join us on a podcast. Whatever it is, I hope it added some value. And as always, if you want to reach out to us here at the Zone, look us up at www.thezone.co.co or you can contact me via LinkedIn on Liam Ford. Enjoy your week and look forward to seeing you again on another Zone podcast soon.